0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. My name is Mark, and if we haven't had the chance to meet you, I'm part of the team at Tableview and lead the eldership team, which is a great privilege and great to be here today. Um, I did have a fun experience on the highway. Yeah, you got to R27, two lanes, got to get there. We ended up a little late that side. There was a AV glitch, so I'm driving and there's a bus and there's a very old Corolla, and I get a little frustrated with my mate in the front here. He's driving very slowly, until I saw him climb out the window to clean his windscreen, because it was raining, and I was like, you take as long as you need, my brother, and the car's doing this, he's out the window, <laughs> I'm there, relax, I'm pulling back, I'm fine, <laughs> you carry on, he made it though, he got to the left lane, and everyone was happy, gave him a wave, and it is good, but it's amazing to be here, jeez, you're like a cool church, huh? check yours. be you like a cool bunch of people with fancy lights, and oh, there we go amazing why do we have Vision Sunday just to clarify because I did church for many years and we never had Vision Sunday and we still had church and the church carried on and I want to just give us a moment well partly first of what Gabe has just done which is to take a moment just to stop as we should do often but to take this moment to stop and look back and say God you've been incredibly good you've been incredibly good I look at what he's done in this community and the faces I know and the faces I don't and I see people still at Henry and Jeannie's house getting baptized and loved and I'm going God you build your church and and you're very kind and you're very clever in the way that you do it and um and and we're very grateful for everything you've done and then there's moments and we know the scriptures proverbs it says actually uh, without vision the people perish and there's something of a where are we going? What does it look like? What could it look like? What could it be? What, what are the possibilities? as we gather, because this would have just been a dream of the community that planted life changes. Actually, when I read Wally's vision, he wrote a letter in, in the year 2003, I think, about what could it be if we built a building, way before. We even had that building in Tableview, and it was a letter about people getting saved, about people from other faiths getting saved, about car parks being full, about young people coming to church on a Sunday night. Imagine we could do church on a Sunday, night. And I'm going, we've got all of that. God, you've been so good. And, and we, part of it is say, where, where, does it, where to now? How do we dream? What does God look to us at these moments? And the reality is the Bible says, Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans of a person's heart, but is the Lord's will that prevails is the per- Lord's purpose that prevails and I can tell you now please don't go away and say oh Mark's vision or my pastor Gabe's vision it is no man's vision if it's a man's vision it'll flop to the ground and die but if God is leading us if God is with us and if he's calling us to great things to impact more then he will breathe life he will sustain he will provide and he will continue to do as he always has and so he speaks to us and he challenges us but We've had these visions. We spoke about pioneering again. And that was when we decided to plant life changes in Milnerton. And we had that big amazing day at Milton High School, and it was incredible. And um, uh, we've dreamed and we've seen God. We, we spoke about then, behold and be bold as we took a hold of God. And we spent times in worship in Preston. And last year, to move the mountains. And I, I can tell you, it's amazing. We've seen some amazing things happen, but we still trust in God to move the mountains, not something in the past. We still many mountains to pray for. As as a man comes up to me after the service Sunday, says, "I'm trusting, believe our God is a God who moves the mountains, but I've just been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Can you pray with me?" The mountains to move, but God keeps leading His people, giving us courage and strength, and we're going to trust Him for every single one of us. So, what is this story into the deep? I just want to say a few things around the local church because I love the local church. And as you sit here, you're part of a local church with local teams, and you gathering, and they are called to do life in family and community, and it's amazing. But I believe the local church is called not to follow, but to lead in this world, in the way that we love, in the way that we care, in the way that we open our homes, in the way we do everything. The world is confused by God has called us to lead. We are called to influence and not be influenced. We are not called to be a city on a, a church on a block oh, where's that church? Oh, the church on that block. Oh, not that church, the other church. And you drive down, there's churches. No, we are city on a hill. God says, I've called you to shine. I've called you to reveal my glory to this world and placed you in the story that is more than just a bunch of boring ventures. It is the kingdom of God advanced people, local people who gather to a thing called the local church and do life together and celebrate high the celebrations that we get to celebrate and then also do well in mourning where we call to mourn together I love uh, this sounds terrible but I love going to funerals of older people where there are lots of young people attending who aren't family members it only happens in the local church and the tears shed because actually that's my friend That person loved me, that person cared for me, and I've done it many times. I believe the church is awesome. I will say that I never think the church has had more challenges than it does now, but the potential is far greater. The potential of us to shine, to speak, and the way we do it and everything God leads us to is really important at this time as he calls us. And he has a vision for his bride. This is not my bride, this is not, this is his bride. You are his bride. Even you big dudes, you're part of his bride. And he's building something beautiful in ephesians it's described this way in ephesians 2 you are no longer wandering exiles the king this kingdom of faith is now your home country you are no longer strangers or outsiders you belong here with as much right to the name christian as anyone god is building a home he's using us all irrespective of how we got here in what he is building He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. I believe we are called to have vision for life, vision that compels us to live and die for, vision compels us to sacrifice for. I got saved into a church of hippies who encountered God. I'm not even joking. People running around. And, and we, we were the flag people. We dominated. Everyone had like two flags. You got hit by a flag. If, it, if you didn't get hit by a flag, it wasn't a good church session. It's just what it was. And, um, and yet God did something amazing. And at 14-year-old, I saw people who lived the life that they preached. I saw people sacrifice in bigger ways than I ever thought was possible. And I saw people go on adventures with their families, like single ladies planting churches in Mongolia. And I'm going, hey God, pull me, give me a vision higher. What if I had just stopped right now and said, pull out a piece of paper, write a vision for your life. Some would be tempted to think back to the meeting they had with their financial planner last November and he pulled out a fancy Excel spreadsheet that had more macro things in it than you could know what to do with. And he told you, you are five million rand short and you will be destitute in older age. It's an encouraging meeting to have. And, um, <laughs> but like, or hashtag my best life yet and it's what Instagram tells you your life should look like and how you should look and everything. Those are not a vision for your life. A vision for your life is who is Jesus. And when you see him and like, like John in Revelation of fall down before him in glory, you realize he is calling his bride. He is building his church. He has called you his bride and he's called you part of his army and it's glorious. And when we put salvations up, if there had just been one instead of 30, We should have stood up on our chairs, got up on our chairs, and screamed till this roof came off because that's how important it is in the light of eternity. And God's reminding us. and He's giving us a vision again that this is a great privilege and it is glorious. Welcome to Vision Sunday. Can I pray for us? Jesus, you're magnificent. Firstly, Lord, I pray that you get Gabriel safely in the rain to Milneton, to Tableview. (laughs) but more importantly than that, I pray that you're with us this morning, that I know you're with us. Pray, speak, Father, even to apathetic hearts this morning, the apathy in my heart, would you speak louder? To fear and doubt in my heart, would you speak louder? To words you've spoken time and time again before, and we've chosen not to hear, not to listen. I pray, God, speak again. Not the passion of a preacher, but the fact that you are pursuing your people and we get to respond. We say, thank you, God. Amen. I was, um, as we navigate Vision Sundays, I've always asked God to speak. It's moments, it's people, it's, and I was having lunch with a guy who leads a, a church in the area of Tableview and he's kind of a reserved guy, quiet, quiet guy. And at the end of the lunch, we stood up, we're leaving. He says, hey, I've got a word for you. I'm like, okay says a first time to put out to the deep says there's more fruitfulness there's more of God's and I'm going okay and I, it just didn't leave me and that was october last year and I started to look at the scriptures I started to realize that f- that even things like faith it's a currency that we trade in it's it's like currency you take 100 rand put it under your bed in 10 years time see what it can buy you but you take 100 rand and invest it well at this time take 100 Rand of faith. Take faith and invest it well at this time in your life and see where it'll lead. Hello, Jesse. Hey, my buddy. And the context of the scripture I'm going to read in Luke chapter five is Jesus has a crowd. Jesus never struggled to draw a crowd and the church has never struggled to draw a crowd. But Jesus is looking for disciples. He's ongoingly looking for disciples. He's calling us to be disciples. And I want to read from Luke chapter five. If you would read with me, please. Verse one, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing the nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all hard all night, I haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled up both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up from shore, left everything, and followed him. It's amazing. There's so many things to preach from the scripture, and it's been preached a thousand ways. I just want to pull out three points that I think are relevant for us as we navigate our future and what God has got for us. Number one, there's danger in the deep. Where did I, I learn this? Not in a Bible or in a preach. I learned this as a lifeguard. Yes, some of you, it's real. It's a thing. I was a lifeguard for a while, part-time lifeguard, on North Beach at Durban. It was a good place to be a lifeguard. You saw much, and one of the things you saw was the red wave, which basically was the valleys would descend in December they would get burnt on day one and then they would be the red wave on the beach and there was this moment of joy as you saw one of them venturing onto the beach literally we would put music on in the life so I was like it's on everyone's coming running to the front as you saw that one brave fellow from Brackpan with his flippers he's been watching he's been sussing he's seen It's easy. You just go next to the pier, you just get out, and and you're in the waves. And next minute, you're doing all sorts of tricks. And so he's got his flippers. He's flipping down to the water. He's got his boogie board and his bright yellow instinct, Jert, fest. And then he thinks, this is easy. I've watched. They just jump in this thing next to the pier. They go out. They're there. I can just get out. I can ride waves. But if anyone knows it's a beautiful thing, they get out. They start going and then realize this water is really strong because the waves push in and then they push out next to the pier. You can't stop it. This water's really strong. And about halfway out the pier, they realize they're about 50 meters from the beach and they start freaking out. The first thing they do is throw away the one thing that can keep them safe, the boogie board. Poof! <laughs> it's gone. Now it's on. Hey, the chips are out. Life's say we're watching. This is amazing. And he thinks, instead of going further, he tries to swim out the rip, but he can't get out the rip because the flippers are just splashing the water. It's not going anywhere. And... Um, so he thinks, what else must I do? Turns around sees the pillars of the pier. Good choice. Four. He's on. I mean, forget that they're barnacles that have been there for years and old mussels and fish hooks and all sorts of things ripping him apart. The fear of going further out to sea is just so great that he would rather hold on. So we would go, and it's not a run. This is not an emergency. You're walking down the pier. Guys like, he's drowning. No, he's not. He, he get there quickly don't worry it's fine you get to the top you look over the pier like hello yeah yeah yeah. help me let go of the pier no but then I'm gonna go out let go and he's climbing up the pillar of the pier <laughs> he's just ripping himself apart everywhere there's nothing left I mean it's like it's it's terrible let go of the pier it's like a half an hour conversation there's days of hospital coming for this gent but he won't let go because deep water fears, scares people. Deep water scares people. Anything deeper, when, when there's the challenge, you don't know what's going on out there. There could be big creatures. What if I played this music to you? Some of you are scared right now, and you're on land, and you think a shark is coming for you, like ah! If you're under 30, ask someone. And. um... <laughs> It's called Jaws. It was a movie. But Simon is in this boat, and maybe he was a fisherman, and maybe he could swim and all that stuff. So he's not fearing the water, but they're greater fears than drowning. Like the fear of failure. Like the guy who's been a fisherman his whole life, he's a generational fisherman. Now he's been fishing all night, he's caught nothing and a dude comes to him and says, put your boat out, we're going fishing. He says, well actually what I know is in this nation and here at the Sea of Galilee, we fish in the shallows at night. You telling me go out to the deep during the day and I've already caught nothing. I don't wanna come back to the shores with nothing. See, because where before he would just come back at night and no one would know that he had brought nothing, now they're crowds because Jesus brought the crowds and the crowds will see. Nothing. What about fear of rejection and fear of man that are far greater than fear of drowning? Because now his fellow fishermen think this oak, he's caught nothing and now he's going to go out again catch nothing again. So he's doing the math, he's saying there's nothing out there, Jesus. And it's a, a simple point and it's not a complicated point, but I think too many of the church are being stumped because of fear. Well, what if I go to the hospital? And what if they really are badly sick and what if i'm the only believer then what if i pray and everyone is judging my prayers and what if they don't get healed and i stood next to my friend's daughter who was dying and declared basically dead and i'm crying out to god with multiple people in an ICU room and doctor muslim doctor looking at me thinking i'm mad i don't care because i've tasted and seen of the glory of god i've seen god heal and i'm telling you our feels has to our fears have to crumble in the light of jesus Don't give your attention to breaking fear. You can't defeat it. Give your attention to glorifying God, and he does the rest. Every single one of us have fears. This guy, Peter, would have sat there and said, my reputation as a fisherman is totally on the line here. What will my mates think? What if I'm rejected from the Sea of Galilee fishing club? Don't know if that's a thing. But maybe it was for him. But I want to tell you, he becomes. He becomes this guy in Matthew 14. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. And yes, it continues and he sinks a bit and Jesus has to help him. But you know who I see? I see a guy who walked on water. I see a guy who trusted Jesus and had fought a battle of overcoming, fought a battle of rejection, overcome fear of man, overcome so many things that when Jesus spoke, he responded. He didn't really think about it much. I want to be that guy. I think too much. don't about you, but I process too much. And when I read some things and I give my attention to a whole bunch of other things— like economic forums and papers and politics and all sorts of stuff. I find my attention, be put up those things and the Bible tells me and God tells me, be consumed with me and see what I see and trust me. Maybe even Alpha and the fact that we're launching Alpha this week and, and maybe like, yeah, that's awesome. Go church, my church is doing Alpha. My church reaches out. I just don't wanna send an SMS to my mates because what if they reject me? What if they say No. It comes with the territory of being a disciple of Jesus did no one tell you I'm sorry I'll have a word with your pastor but but it it really does come with the territory it's what it is to be a disciple of Jesus because we believe that heaven and hell are real and we believe that people's eternities are in the balance and God's calling us to invite to love to reach out we aren't T-Rex Christians with little arms he gave us long arms so that we can reach out in love second day second point simple point the greatest catch is always in the deep waters and i was watching national geographic and there's this fisherman speaking about fishing in the deep out costs more it's all this stuff but the greatest catches are in the deep waters and now the reality is what you would know about here and we've said it before the the norming normal fishing in this space wasn't in the deep waters in the shallows at night and jesus speaks to a fisherman and says i want you to put out to the deep waters in the daytime he's going Mm, Jesus, ah, you're a great carpenter. You're an amazing preacher. Look at the crowd. You, you got the crowds eating out of your hands. I am a fisherman. We do it all the time with Jesus. We know better. We've got plans. It doesn't work. I'm a finance guy. I've got a finance degree. No, Jesus, <laughs> your finance degree, with all due respect. And Jesus says, actually, I want you to understand. And Peter makes it, Simon Peter makes a decision. He says, actually, I'm going to obey him. I'm not just going to put out to the deep. I'm going to put down my nets, and then I'm going to pull in the, the catch. And he makes a decision of obedience that changes not just his life, but so many others. And he catches the one thing he's always wanted, full nets that break to overflowing, that he can share his business with his mates. He gets his dream. I don't know about you, but, but I've got some of my dreams, and they weren't as satisfying as I thought they would be. Why? Because the only thing that truly satisfies man and sustains man is knowledge of the glory of God. It's the only thing. And Peter goes on that journey and becomes not just a fisherman, but a fisherman of men. He gets pulled from a small story where he would have stayed there to a story where he influences the world And it's one of the guys who's there when Jairus' daughter gets raised from the dead. He's one of the guys on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's one of the guys in Gethsemane with Jesus when Jesus is fighting a battle. He's one of the guys. See, and Jesus challenges us to obedience. He says, and when you pray, not if you pray and if you decide, start praying. Maybe that's your step of obedience. And he says in Matthew chapter 6 when he's teaching on the Sermon of Moses, and when you give, not, not if. To be a disciple of, a, of Jesus when you give. And, and he says, when you fast. And this is not a judgment if you made the fast or not. He just says, fasting and spiritual disciplines are part of a Christian discipled life of maturity and growing up into more of God. And God says, I'm calling a people of obedience. And my third point is simple. When it's Jesus calling us to the deep, everything changes. When it's Jesus. I'm not asking for, we could be crazy people, just run into crazy missions for our own purposes and objectives, and Jesus won't be there. But when we're listening to his voice, when it's his leading and him saying, come, or him saying, let's put out to the deep, he is there with us. He changes the odds. And, and, and in that, he, he speaks, and he's, the, the pattern of scripture seems to be that God doesn't seem to intervene until it's humanly impossible to achieve the goal. A guy, George Muller, puts it this way. He said, there is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. I I want a life. My kids can look back at it and say, my dad didn't preach Jesus. My dad trusted Jesus. I don't want my kids to talk about the sermons I preached one day. I want them to talk about the life we lived and, and when we made sacrifices and explained it to them, why it was important for us as a family, that they know it was because God is glorious and not because I'm a preacher. How small is that versus how big is that? I want the same for you. Because Jesus breaks into this situation and changes everything. He takes a fruitless sea where they'd caught nothing. And turns it into an abundance of life and fish jumping into nets and maybe you're fishing in a marketplace and god's saying i want you to do something else. i say i actually i'm good at this he says no i'm jesus he changes a fishing boat into a pulpit for the preaching from the king of kings See, well, what can God do with my life? I'm, a, I'm, I'm this, I'm an accountant, I'm a teacher, I'm a housewife. No, if he can take a fishing boat and turn it into a pulpit for Jesus, he can use your, your boat, your nets, he'll use it all. And he takes a fisherman and turns him into an apostle for the glory of God. I, I think it's spectacular. It's time as we go into the deep and into the deep is into deeper waters. It is jumping off, I love that image of the guy already underwater, it's already not his comfort zone it wouldn't be mine by the way and he dives deeper it's that we're already in God, in his goodness in his grace but then there's the chances will you go deeper with me will you trust me my sustaining power not just when when you need something what about when I need something like put out to the deep because I want to save hundreds of thousands of people And so this doesn't change who we are, what we do as a people. Into the deep is not, well, now we're going to all become scuba divers. It's not that. Not a bad idea. But um, not that. We're saying, what has God got for us? Well, first of all, and, and I've asked Gabe to get a, a sign because you haven't got enough signs. But, but we need another one that reminds us of what our mission is. And, and maybe you can remind me. Reach. Far. Raise. Release. Come, you never quiet. Don't be quiet now. But, but reach far. Reach those far from God. Raise people up in Christ. And release wide for the kingdom of God. I want to just talk about those three things and what God's called some of us, us to at this time. And I think sometimes I look at this thing, our thoughts are too small. It's too small a thing. He takes us and says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And we can sometimes see spiritual need around us, but we have to be caught up with the fact that God hasn't placed us in this world to make it to retirement, to make it to, to, to hand over some estate to people. It's too small a thing. And do all those things. Don't get me wrong. Do all those things. But that's too small a thing if that's the vision. It's too small a thing. I want to reach people for Jesus. Not just through my preaching, but through my life. And my kid goes to a school that is predominantly Afrikaans, and I pull in with my skinny jeans and my flat cap, and those always look at me and go, are you a brother, like a distant uncle? What are you doing here? And it's been hard. But I know God's placed me there for a reason. And as hard as it might be, God has placed me there for a reason. And I've got to trust Him. God, if there's one salvation that comes... I've said it before, but my middle boy, Ben, has had some learning challenges and, and emotional challenges and had to repeat grade R. And as a father, I sweated it. I did, I sweated it. But now, three, two years later, there's a couple in our church. The one guy's on electric guitar this morning at Tableview and his wife is leading a serving team because my kid repeated grade R and we met them at that school. And there's another family who are in and out of our church looking at faith and they've never encountered faith and they're asking questions. And if those are the journeys we need to take, like repeating great R in our life, and if one person gets saved, it's all worth it. I want to keep reminding you. I want to keep calling. So we do weekend gatherings like this, and we make sure that our gatherings are, are work hard. We work hard environments. Why? Because if one person walks in, and they go, yes, they put an effort to have me here. It's all worth it. And we, 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 we are dreaming as we've planted Milton, and there always was a dream and has been a dream to plant another church in the city. We don't know exactly where. We don't know what it looks like. But pray for us. Pray with us. Be a part of the story. Keep eyeing as God calls us to plant life-giving churches that will serve the city and see people saved. We are doing Alpha as you saw. And I want to encourage you. Be a part of that just by sending three messages to mates. You can be a part of it. Pray for it that we would see salvation. We got planned Alpha Youth late in the year to reach into the youth groups. There are We want to do a Life Kids Club which means a holiday club in June because there aren't any holiday clubs for our area, which means maybe you can be a part of it. I'm saying maybe even take a day or two's leave. Why? Because we we are gonna make it accessible to the single parents in our area who cannot take leave to look after their kids who are under pressure. And maybe, maybe, just maybe by loving them in that way, they'll get to encounter Jesus. Be a part of it. Um, Arise conference. There's so many others. Then God says actually there's a mandate on you to raise them up in Christ. It's a mandate. Oh, we can't just get people saved. Now we've got to actually teach them what it looks like to be a disciple. Yes, oh, that's far harder, God. Yeah, it is sometimes. And I want to tell you, number one, life groups. We, we, there's no new strategy. There's no new vision. Doing big life in small groups is a massive thing. Doing big life in small groups where we gather and we share high highs and we celebrate what God is doing and we are there when the lows are there because we've shared life together. Secondly, we put in a large effort last year into a ministry called CARE, which is, as Emmanuel wrote it down, creating Christ-centered approaches for a radical existence. Say that again, JP. Don't, you don't have to. But it's involved many different areas. It's involved the freedom ministry where people have been prayed for, cared for, finding fruit and freedom from things for many years, Care in area of finances and finding wholeness in that, finding prayer, just support, general counsel, but we're also finding other areas. And we are launching tomorrow night. life changes recovery and for the last eight or nine years we have partnered with view church and we still do and we still celebrate what god is doing in hope ministry and we think it's amazing but we for the last six seven months have been working with anthem recovery which is based out of durban on project exodus it's a more of a program where we can walk with people in groups walk with the person who's struggling with addiction or has struggled with addiction put a support group for them, put a support group for their family members and those who are walking with them and a support group for their kids so they can bring their kids to the meetings because most people struggling with addiction can't actually get to meetings because they have kids. And so we're gonna look after the kids, we're gonna love their family, enable them how to care for them well and we're gonna try to help people out of addiction. I don't know about you but that brings me joy. And God has raised up men and women in our midst and in our church. have already sacrificed, sowed, there's curriculum, there's a whole bunch of things in place. It's just really exciting, and, um, which is cool. And then we've got Life Changes Bible College. And a whole bunch of you have already put down your names, which is ex- amazing. Because we need people growing in our Bible awareness and knowledge so we can teach people. And, and we don't just need one teacher on a Sunday. We need hundreds of teachers. So that when someone gets saved, who's going to sit with them and say, okay, let me tell you. I told you, know the story. I sat with one of my friends. I said, open to the book of Mark. And he said, I've only got the Bible. Okay? That's where people are at, guys. That's where they're at. And let's love them where they're at. Life groups, new course coming, Arise Nights and coming up. Terry Virgo is coming to town. And if you don't know Terry Virgo, he started New Frontiers Ministries, a great preacher of the Grace gospel of grace and Jesus Christ. His wife's an amazing lady, Wendy. Don't miss out i don't know what else to tell you it's next month it's it's i realize one or two of you will be in tights cycling the Town cycle tour on sunday but it's an amazing weekend and moment to be taught trained and learned from a general in his army and uh input men's camps marriage boot camps there's another fast coming so some of you are like oh, i missed the fast don't feel too down we got another one coming <laughs> yay it's awesome and I do, I, I I do when I see the fast coming on the calendar, I'm like, that's so cool. <sighs> so cool. But afterwards I feel it alive. And I see the life of God begin to bubble in people's hearts. Lastly, to release wide for kingdom advancement, and we are partnering. And you probably know in church planting and and in cities, churches across the city. We've had a new friend join in Stellenbosch. They're planting in Stellenbosch a church called Church called Cedars. Gave an arch over cross last week. Went and prayed with them. Had a meal with them. We're praying for them, contending, helping find venues. In three weeks' time, we hope host Ark. Association of Related Churches, which is churches from around the city, just partnering around planting churches. We want to support, be a part of that. But beyond that, we, we gave over 100,000 rand to Sri Lanka and Pakistan church planting this year, last year. How cool is that? And, and I'm telling you now, yeah, it's cool. And, and let's just put it in real terms. We could have made this hall look sweet with 100 grand. You could have all been sitting on fancy soft seats. I'm just telling you. Bums, you'll be pushing in there oh they're so comfy <laughs> or we can plant churches in Sri Lanka and Pakistan and I choose the second one <laughs> and um, and and we're partnering there with Robinette Boerter into those churches we're not just dropping money and running away recycle swap shop soup kitchens. some of you are involved amazing things and some exciting things happening this year I'm really excited for that and lastly we we are starting a business persons connect Breakfast at the church, we can invest. We realize most of you spend most of your time in a marketplace that sometimes we don't do very well at equipping you for. And we want to give space to others and ourselves, equip those in the marketplace to face up to life challenges, but see God's kingdom come in that place and release and encourage and dream together. And I have a dream as well. I'm going to, I didn't say that side, I ran out of time, but I have a dream that God's going to give us a house in our area where we can create a care place so God gave us care, but to create a care house where we can care for the broken in our city, whether there's babies, whether there is counseling, whether there is single, I'm struggling to say that, whether it is single moms, whatever it is, I'm trusting God will give us that. And pray with me, put finances aside, whatever it is, we trust in God to do that, as God calls us. So it's time to launch into the deep. Maybe for you right now, that is coming and saying actually I'm going to call someone for alpha maybe it is signing up to serve maybe it's just actually I've been thinking about life group a lot let me go but maybe it's just reading your bible tomorrow morning maybe it's praying maybe it's saying God I've known some things about you that you've called of me and yet I haven't had the courage to do it because I didn't think it would work and I've met some people who've told me they didn't necessarily believe in healing until their kids got sick why wait till then let's become part of the army now and let's trust God that as he calls us can I have the band up maybe that's alright. as he calls us into the deep he's calling us it's not a word for me it's a word for us that there's deeper waters for you there's deeper waters for me there's God's gloss, grace and glory in those deeper waters here's what you might find there might be some sharks out there Do it you might struggle to swim But if Jesus is out there, I'm happy to be there. And I'm safer there. Like Daniel was safer in the lion's den. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were safer in the fire. Like Ben and I were safer fighting a lion. Like David was safer fighting Goliath. I am safer in deeper waters if my king and the Lord of all is with me. And so are you. Can we stand, please? I'm going to pray and then hand over to Wayne and the worship team just to sing that chorus again just want to say before i have to rush off and i hate having to do that i absolutely love this church and i mean this church life changes Milniton. i love what god has done here love what he is doing but i'm telling you milton there's more there's more in him we're grateful for what you've done god but there's always more in your king and i pray for every person here i pray for myself let apathy die Let unbelief fade away. Let my fears become like distant echoes as I stare into your eyes and pull me into your story, King. I want to be a part of your army. I'm happy to be a foot soldier. I'm happy to carry the bags, but I want to be a part of your army because I believe in Jesus. I believe in his glory and I believe he's coming back. So we praise you. We glory in your name and give you honor. We worship you, King.